Hi, welcome to a very special episode of North and Goal. I am Benji. I'm from Alaska, and with me, as always, is Jake from Bountiful. Yes, sir. I'm Jake. I'm from Bountiful. Go by Salt Lake Jake on Twitter. Yep. Uh, today, we have decided together we can put off discussing the end-of-season statistics, the typical rivalry comparisons, the back-and-forth. Uh, we had tragedy strike. The, I'm sure you've all heard by now. Uh, Ty Jordan, Utah's running back, had passed away over the weekend uh, on, on the night of Christmas Day, Christmas evening. Um, and so we've decided we're just, this episode, we're not going to be making jokes and, and uh, talking football so much as talking about him, his impact, his legacy, and, and his life. Yeah, it's, uh, man, it's been a somber two days. Woke up Saturday morning to 48 uh, texts. And usually when I wake up to that many texts, on, especially on a Saturday, it's uh, work issues because that's that's what day I have most of my, my clinics going. So I knew something was up. And I, I first when I pulled up, it said, no way. I can't believe he was killed. And I was like, what? So I jumped out of bed, ran into my, my closet so I wouldn't wake my wife up. And just furiously scrolled through, and then I saw Ty Jordan's name, and I thought, no freaking way, no freaking way. I literally spent all of last night talking about Ty Jordan with with my brothers and looking at his highlights, and I cannot freaking believe this is real. And as, as time went on, as more tweets poured in, and teammates started tweeting that it was unbelievable, and then finally the U confirmed it was just shocking because... I mean, we, we've had it. We've had a Utah player pass away before. This was five years ago. Uh, a freshman named Gaius Vainuku, but he, he passed away before the season started. Nobody really knew much about him. He was a freshman, but Ty Jordan had skyrocketed onto the scene as a true freshman. The very first time he touched the ball, you knew something was different with this guy. You just could see it. It was like a. 15 or 16 yard run against USC and and from that moment on every time he touched it he was electric and he became a fan favorite because he was just so dynamic and he immediately rose past every running back on the depth chart starting from the bottom and passed them all to where the last three games he was getting Zach Moss like touches and putting up Zach Moss like yards and so he exploded on the scene people were giving him nicknames uh, he was literally the talk of Utah football this fall, due to our a lack of games and and whatever. But it was just it was just so shocking to just see this this future golden boy just gone like that. And it was it's just overwhelming. And it's just been it's been a rough two days, man. For sure. And everybody copes and processes in in different ways. Uh, one thing, I mean, obviously you're the Utah fan. I'm the BYU fan, and this is somebody who. I mean, he didn't know either of us, right? But from a fan and athlete standpoint, uh, I think you'd spend a lot more time, effort, energy learning about him. And, and I'm sure this is something that feels a little more personal to you than it does to me. Not that I, I mean, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking regardless. I, I spent a lot of time on Saturday trying to get to know Ty Jordan as a person. And so, I mean, we all know him as a football player. So I spent the day, and there are not that many tweets. Anybody can do this. I went to his account, and I scrolled back the whole way. You know, I read everything from his high school, and just and I'd skip ahead anytime he'd get an offer and, and say, okay, well, here's 20 tweets in a row, everyone saying congrats on this offer and this and that. But I uh, went, went way, way back, and then the same thing with his mother, who passed away from cancer before the season started. I wanted to know a little bit more about her. 
And so I scrolled back and scrolled back and scrolled back. And it shouldn't come as any surprise to anybody. The feeling you come away with is that football was most important to them, to, to them, both of them, his mom and to him. They lived for football, and he was really, really good at it. The one that kind of got me, uh, going back to 2012, and that's why it got me, is because I had been on Twitter longer than that. My Twitter account's been around since 2011, and uh, or maybe even earlier, maybe 2009. I don't know. It's it's been it's been a while though. But just in 2012, which doesn't seem that long ago, his mom was tweeting out how handsome her fifth grader was on his first first day of school. And this is going back before all the high school highlights were being tweeted out. And it's like that's the kid. That's the kid. That's the that's him. Ty, the handsome fifth grader. And to just yeah. kind of see him grow up and get a sense of that loss, it's. Uh, a little, yeah. It's it's somber. It's sobering, dude. And I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. It's 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 impacted me more than I thought it would, or may, more than maybe it should have. Or I don't know. I guess there's no guidebook on how to deal with this. But you know, the fact is, like you said, he's he's a Ute player. I'm a Utah fan. The thing that makes this so hard, I found, and I've literally my I, I, over the last two days, I've shed tears several times over this, which surprises me. Um, even my wife today, when we were talking about it, started to shed tears because she started to just see what this kid meant to so many people, um, and and we didn't really get to know him as well as um, as we would other players that go in the program due to the, the COVID issues, but also to the fact that it's just, he was brand new, right? But what we did know is he 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 was apparently a really, really good kid. Um, and, and like I said, the reason it's impacted me so much, it's more than just the fact that I lost my favorite football player. It's more than that. This kid, as you mentioned, dealt with losing his mother to cancer in August, which would crush anybody. Um, and from all accounts, his father was never in the picture. So really, his mother was his single par- parent, and he lost her in August. And everything he did, he wanted to do for his mother. He talked about making his mother proud, even after his first touchdown. When they interviewed him against Oregon State, his thought was, "You know what? I just wanted to make my mama proud, right?" And so, not only did I lose my favorite football player, I lo- we lost this kid that I was just rooting for because he had already had so many challenges at such a young age to lose your your only parent to cancer but still to try and focus on your football career i wanted so badly for this dude to explode and be a superstar and go off to the nfl and make millions of dollars and 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 make it and you know what he was freaking on his way to doing that in the five games he played he showed me immediately that he was special that he was different he just freaking had it you know and so a lot of what I'm mourning about is what's lost, what's lost for him, what's lost for any remaining family or friends that he had, what's lost this opportunity that he had and could have done. I'm just mourning for that, man. It's just it's just it's just hard. It's hard to see a bright young future just completely stomped out, stamped out, or whatever the the word is, you know, that before it gets started. And it's man, it's it's just it's difficult and it's devastating and it's just it's hard to deal with. So while I did not know him personally, I kind of felt like I did. You know, people say, oh, it's just because you're mad that you're losing this great football player. I mean, nobody said that, but I know people have thought it. No, dude, that's not it. It's, it's this loss of this future, just, you know, game-changing person. And, I mean, from all accounts, he was like just the kindest kid. I mean, the one story that, that, that one of the Utah assistant coaches told that after the Washington game, he had a fumble on like the 12-yard line in the fourth quarter that... If we would have scored, we probably would have won that game. 
Washington went down, scored, won the game. He was like, you could see, and you mentioned this on our previous podcast, he was so devastated about that that fumble. You could see just the pain on his face. I remember you saying that. Anyway, after the game, he went into the coach's locker room to personally apologize to Kyle Whittingham for fumbling the ball. And the coach said he's never in his 12 years in, in, in college football seen anybody do that, that that kid cared so much that it affected the team that he went to the head coach in his locker room to apologize. And it's just things like that. Like the kid was just a good freaking kid. You could see it when he would people would talk to him, he'd immediately smile and light up and just and just uh, just so so crushing, man. I'm gonna speculate a little bit on what it is that the world lost there. It earlier in the season someone had asked us each to name our favorite player from the opposing team and you talked about a few things that you admired about Jamal Williams. You take those same attributes. That was Ty Jordan. I could see it. You know, I mean, he, as a freshman, maybe he's not all the way out of his shell to where he's loose and comfortable dancing and, you know, throwing the football around with, well, there was no fans to throw the football around with, but his smile. I mean, he was always smiling and his smile was contagious. He has the kind of smile, you can't just look at it and be like, that guy's happy. You have to smile too when he smiles at you. I mean, he has. Face lights up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I. As I envision where his path would have taken him, sure. Uh, just like Jamal Williams contributing as a freshman, not only a freshman, a very young freshman, 18 years old, I think he would have gotten better and better each year. Who knows if he would have even stayed four years because I think by the time he gets three under his belt, he's a he's a pretty high draft pick. Some NFL team out there somewhere would have got just a good, happy kid. And then you think of the influence that can have. When you're in an NFL team and you have millions and millions of fans watching you every week, I mean – Sky's the limit, and that's what was yeah. lost. Uh, and and this- dude, it, it was. Yeah, it just not only not only. I mean, you just the talent that he had would have taken him far. Like I've mentioned it. Like the second he touched the ball, you just saw something different in this kid. He just had an instinct on the field that you cannot teach. I look at his last touchdown run against Washington State. It was like twelve yards. It was up the middle, and on that run. Twice in the hole, he stopped and made a jump cut. Stopped and made a jump cut twice and made defenders miss. And then he sidestepped another defender, spun around, and went across the, the, the goal line. And those are things that you can't teach people. You, it's just something they understand. So you combine his instincts with his work ethic. And from what everyone said, his work ethic was incredible. And then you combine it with his sprinter speed that he had. He was like the total package. And Britton Covey said today on his Instagram, as he's kind of mourning this process himself, he said, after the third day of camp, I told my dad, he said, these were the exact words I said. He said, Ty Jordan is the best football player I've ever seen. And he said, I was not being one ounce hyperbolic. And, uh, and, and from what I saw in five games, I can see why he would say that. Because he, like I mentioned at the start of this, he passed everybody up on the depth chart and immediately, immediately looked like the best player on the field as, a, as an 18-year-old true freshman. And so I, I, I have no doubt, no doubt in my mind, he would have gone on to have a super successful career. He was the Pac-12 freshman of the year. He would have gone on the NFL. And his size doesn't matter. I mean, you look at you look at all-time greats in the NFL, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith. You know, look at look at guys nowadays. There's there's guys that are five seven, and it doesn't matter that position. If you have the speed and the and and the 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 instincts and talent, you can make it big. And I I fully fully feel that he would have done that. I feel like he would have played at Utah and broken all of Zach Moss's records. 
and then gone on to a successful career in the NFL. But none of that is really even the thing that matters the most. What matters is this kid's life is gone. He no longer will be able to step on a field and do what he loves. And and, and people that are friends with him and family with him, they're the ones that will suffer the most because his his gregarious personality, his his kindness, his humility – all gone and it's just a, it's just a stark reminder and that's part of why it's so hard it's a stark reminder to all of us man no matter how in control we feel it can immediately be stamped out and taken from us just like that snap of a finger and everything is lost and so it's just it's a sobering sobering thing and it's just it's it's a hard deal man what really got me was when the Utah Jazz did their tribute and had the moment of silence and had on the screen and I know this graphic had been out before online but I hadn't really thought about it in the same way just seeing the years 2001 to 2020 really did not feel like a very long time to me you know 2001 we all remember where we were September 11th you know we were out being missionaries and that's really not that long ago And, and I thought man that is just he's just barely getting started in life yep yeah it's uh it's uh, sobering, man, for sure. A few years back, the Salt Lake Tribune ran an obituary that is maybe the the most impactful thing I've ever seen from the Salt Lake Tribune or from any newspaper to, to think of it. It was in the wake of the Sandy Hook shootings. Maybe some of you remember this. There was a connection with one of the kids that had been from, from Utah, and they moved out there, and they had this little girl's obituary, and she was seven, eight years old maybe, and they, above the fold, talked about her, and this was what she liked to do. This is some of the significant moments in her very short life. Below the fold, you know, you open up the newspaper, and there's nothing. There was just white space. And they really small just said, this is where the rest of her life would have gone, but we'll never know. We'll never know what would have showed up here. And so you just, you're left staring at the front page of a major newspaper with nothing but white space and it's like you get chills thinking about that's that's what was taken from this girl from the world i mean that's that's why death is death you know it's just it's an end where you you're left wondering where would it have gone yeah and that's uh that is i remember that too that was that was a crushing um time as well i i mean i remember that i my my daughter was a kindergartner at that point um, when that happened. And I remember I drove home to watch the news with my wife and we literally sobbed as we were watching this, thinking about our daughter at school happening. And that was a seminal moment in my life. I look back at really like three or four main like shocking things that happened. Columbine High School shooting was one because I was a teenager at the time. 9-11 was another. And Sandy Hook, those three things really were just like like seared yeah. in my memory and super impactful moments. And I... I hate the the thing that this Ty Jordan death might join it, but I, I mean it's it has really really impacted me um, emotionally uh, more than I anticipated and more than I could I could think it would, and I just I I feel for the for the family I feel for the Utah football players who spent days and days on the field with this guy in practice and got to know him. Um, I feel for you know the university and all all that they have to deal with. And least of all, I feel for the fans, but I do feel for us because it, it is a sense of loss. It's more than just losing a football player. It's losing I, – I told a couple of my friends, I almost feel like part of the program died today, you know? Yeah. Like like it's just the outlook in, in, in like I think about the future. I don't have the bubbling, super psyched optimism because of this. You know, it's just, it's just a hard time. And 
I, I pray for, for all those who are affected by it. And, you know, not to get too spiritual here, but that's who we are, right? It's hard, part of who we are. And if this offends people, I apologize. But this is why I am grateful for the atonement of Jesus Christ. Because every sad moment that happens to somebody will one day be overshadowed by something greater and something happier, and that will forever overshadow the sadness. The day when Ty Jordan is resurrected and reunited with his family will far outweigh the sadness from him leaving this earth life soon, sooner than he was supposed to. And that's that same way with anything bad that happens. Jesus Christ paid for all of this so we could live eternally with uh, happiness and joy and that is one thing that i am super grateful for and if that offends you i apologize but in difficult times that is what i hold to i hold to my faith in the resurrection and my faith in the atonement of jesus christ so the last few years i have gone out of my way to to have these teaching moments with my kids because i know i'm not always going to be around to teach them and anytime they get stung by a wasp I get just a little bit excited, which sounds terrible. You know, I love them and I hate seeing them in pain. But there's these wasps, and I don't know what, it just didn't click earlier in my life. But some of the wasps up here, or hornets or whatever, they'll sting you. And I swear, two minutes later, it hurts worse than it did the first 10 seconds. And I'll talk to my kids about how uh, Isaiah the prophet, you know, was prophesying about the sting of death being swallowed up in Christ, the sting of death. And I'll, in the moment when they're crying because they've been stung, I'll tell them that's why he chose these words. Because when you get stung, it's not like banging your elbow on the corner where it hurts, and then a minute later it hurts a little bit less, and two minutes later it hurts a little bit less. When you get stung, there's something about the nature of those stingers and how that works that it is consistent and it seems like it's hurting for way too long, like it's just not getting better. And I think the reason that was chosen the imagery is because when you're mourning the loss of somebody, time will pass and you'll say, I still don't feel any better. I still don't feel any better. It's just constantly there. And the point of it all is it will not always be there. Someday it will be overcome. You know, that, that yeah. any mourning, any sadness, any sorrow we have... It is temporary, even though it does not feel temporary. Yeah, you know, death's a that's a funny thing. I've I've had a lot of death in my life. Basically, everyone you can think of, except for immediate siblings and parents. Everyone else, you know, my wife's father passed away of cancer at age fifty. Um, she had her aunt who raised her basically pass away at age fifty-five. We had I've had friends lose children, just like devastating things. Um, and it's, it's, it's so interesting because it causes you to really introspect on your own life. And man, what am I doing that, that really doesn't matter? And, and what can I change? Um, but I always, I always find comfort in the scriptures, man. And, and I'm grateful for the scriptures. I'm grateful for things like um, a prophet who told us that when you die, the state of the soul between death and resurrection is taken home immediately to that God who gave them life. Um, and and I, find, I find peace in that, that, that Ty Jordan is taken home. He's in the presence of Wherever he is, in the presence of, of, of Heavenly Father or the presence of his spirit, whatever he is, he's in a place where he's no sorrow, no sadness, no difficulty. And that brings a measure of peace. Um, and so in, in times like this, I hold on to my faith. And, uh, 
you know, just remember the good times. But but back to Ty Jordan, it's going to be a monumental loss. The loss on the field is gaping and gigantic. The loss off the field is even bigger. Um, an incredible person was was taken. It just it sucks. So that's really all I've got to to say about the whole thing. I've noticed so much of rivalries is about dehumanizing each other. Right? We take the opposing fans and we dehumanize. We say, oh, they're trash. They're this, they're that. And we stereotype and we say, this is how the other fans are and that's just how it is. Something like this instantly humanizes opponents. And I'll tell you what, it's I'm not, not at all, don't misinterpret this as me saying it's a good thing because it's not. It's a tragedy. But Twitter has been a very peaceful place. There, there is. is not as much bickering, infighting, trolling, because something like this happens, and you realize none of that stuff mattered. We're humans. We're all on the yeah. same team. We're, we're all people. And so, to rehumanize the opposing team is, is kind of, I think, a natural consequence or reaction. Is we, we feel empathy. Everybody feels, you know, this is bigger than sports. Far bigger than sports. Yep. And I was really impressed with the way everyone handled this. You know. Utah fans, BYU fans, immediately most of them changed their their icon to a Utah to him, to, and and were just devastated for Utah fans. And you're right, man. It it any any of the pettiness was gone, and it still seems to be kind of gone. I haven't noticed much of it, um, but the last few days, like you said, it's been it's been peaceful, and people have just been conversing. And when the topic is sports, it seems to be a a, a, a normal discussion and not. A hatred let we're better than you and obviously that's gonna fade and go back but it's been a nice break but you know yeah. I, I uh I, I hope personally to uh to to learn and grow from this and that's what life's about learning and growing from every experience you have right and there's a there's For a sure. poem that i i read um that I, I i means a lot it says i never um how's how does it go it goes uh uh shoot i forget how it goes it's, it's really short uh it's, it says I have, uh, I have, I have wept in the night at my shortness of sight, and to others' needs I have been blind. But I never have yet had an ounce of regret for being a little too kind. And you know, I hope to to implement that and just be a little kinder. You know, you'll never regret sure. being too nice to somebody. So, anyway, okay. this has been uh, cathartic, man, and I appreciate uh, appreciate you chatting it out with us. Hey, I got a story to tell, and maybe this will help. Um, and this, this, this maybe will appeal to those who maybe don't share our religious belief, and that's fine. Um, but Wayne Estes, are you familiar with Wayne Estes? I okay. thought about that this morning, actually, yeah, okay. that situation. So here's my Wayne Estes story that nobody else can tell, except my siblings, probably. Wayne Estes passed away tragically. Uh, he was a Utah State basketball player and, and a phenomenal Utah State basketball player. I mean, uh, I think the third leading scorer in there in all time, and he'd gone over the 2,000-point mark the night that he tragically passed away. Well, before – so he, my father was only 12 years old when that happened. And so being that young, impressionable age and living just 30 miles from campus, this guy was my dad's hero, you know, just like – in this moment, this is why I've thought about Ty Jordan a lot right now. Like, you and I are looking at it saying, oh, that poor kid, he had his whole life ahead of him. There's maybe not a lot of 12-year-old listeners we have out there, but in your homes, there probably are a lot of kids who lost their hero. And, you know, if, if you are, that that's exactly what my father went through at age, age 12 or, or shortly after. Well, before any of that happened, my dad, 
he had won some competition, a science, whatever, something, an essay contest, I don't know. But his reward for his prize was they they sent him over to Utah State University to go listen to some lecture or something like that, some some class thing. And being the uh, sneaky little junior high kid that he was, he he went to a little bit of the lecture, but then he said, you know what I really want to do is go watch basketball practice. And so he snuck out. And he found his way over to the field house where Wayne Estes was there. He was always the first one showing up at practice just shooting free throws. And my dad and one other kid were just sitting there. They were the only kids in the bleachers. So Wayne's just shooting these free throws while my dad and his buddy are just sitting there watching. And he's, he's playing, just doing some jump shots, things like that. And he breaks his shoelace. Back in the day of the Converse All-Stars, the Chuck Taylors, and people would just snap shoelaces because that was back in the era of you use it until it breaks, right? I can't think of a single time an NBA player has broken a shoelace in my lifetime, but Wayne busted his shoelace. So he went and he, he sat on the bench and he unthreaded them, got himself a new shoelace, and he just tossed the broken ones over his shoulder onto the bleachers. Of course, a minute after that, my dad and his friend go over and grab him. Like, you can't leave your hero's shoelace just lying around. So he grabbed it as a souvenir. They cut it in half. They each got half the shoelace that they kept with them forever. So, of course, what happens next? Wayne Wayne goes on to have a a great career. Uh, There's a book about it called A Hero's Legacy, uh, Wayne Estes. And I read it when I was a teenager. and, And as I recall... The night of the accident, there was some weird things going on. He went numb in his right hand, his shooting hand. He couldn't feel anything that night, but he just had a phenomenal shooting night. He couldn't miss. So he got over the 2,000-point mark, got to 2,001 points in, in his career with Utah State. And then after the game, there had been a car accident. Somebody had wrapped their great big car around a telephone pole. Uh, power line was hanging and dangling and everybody that was on the scene before walked right underneath it. But of course, Wayne Estes, who's taller than everybody around him, he didn't pass underneath it. It hit him in the forehead and he just instinctively reached up to grab it. And as soon as he grabbed the power line, he was electrocuted and he he died on the spot. And, you know, just shockwaves through the community, very much like what just happened this last weekend with Ty Jordan's death. And, And you think of how we're processing it, and these kids, you know, it really rocked their world. It shook them up. Well, nobody's story ends with that. Years went by. A really long time went by. Uh, I showed up on the scene. I was born, and and my brother, and my uh, we, we got into fishing, and we did a lot of really good fishing trips up in Montana. And one year out of the blue, my dad just, he was looking at those shoelaces, you know, 20 years later, and he thought, I bet his parents might like these. And so he looked them up. And on one of these fishing trips, we went just a little bit out of our way, and he returned the shoelaces. And he took a moment to express his appreciation to Wayne's mother and father and let them know what a good example their son was and what he meant to my dad at that point in time. And then suddenly a friendship was kindled. And then that became a regular thing that, you know, three or four times through the years, we'd, we'd just stop by and have lunch with them and then go do some fishing and, and touch base. And it was kind of neat to get to know that family. And one thing I remember walking through their home, they had the Wayne Estes room. I mean, his bedroom was just a shrine of all his accomplishments, his jerseys and just all that stuff. And there in the corner of the room were the shoelaces, you know. And I think the point I'm trying to make with all that is is often we hear the phrase gone but not forgotten. And it it means something. Someone like this, He's not going to be forgotten. He's, he's someone who, 
even that what little we've said in this episode, he was a smiley guy. He was cool to be around. You know, he was happy. He was dedicated. He pushed himself. He was skilled. He was talented. Those are all positive things that a lot of young people are going to take and internalize. He's going to leave a legacy much bigger than we can realize at this moment in time. Yeah. Dude, that's an awesome story about your dad, about Wayne Estes. And that's that's uh, that's crazy that um, that, that, ha- that happened. I remember that. St- I remember my, my dad telling me that story too, but I didn't have a connection like that. But, you know, I hope the U does something to memorialize him forever, whether it's rename the section N22 in the Rice-Eccles Stadium, the Ty Jordan section, or retire his jersey. Or my idea was to have have it be like a special jersey that a player has to earn. And when they earn that number, it means something, you know? That player earned number 22. He's going to wear it this year, and it's an honor of Ty Jordan, that type of thing. So, yeah, his legacy will go on. We'll never know all the accomplishments that we're never going to see that he would have delivered. But, you know, that's life. Life's never been fair. It's never about being fair. But in the end, the Lord will make it fair. And uh, for me, that's all I can hope for. So to end with his own words i was uh again i was scrolling through old tweets and i found this from two years ago when his uncle had died and ty jordan himself said you never know when you lose someone close to you so make sure you hug them and tell them they mean the world to you today and that's i mean it just was haunting reading him saying those words the day we were all shocked by the loss of him he's right yeah Indeed, man. Life's uh, life's fickle, right? But yeah, do the best we can. So I appreciate uh, appreciate you all joining us. And for me, that is it. So I will say, go Utes. Go Utes. <laughs>